Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hey, welcome to the American Liberties um, Wednesday night call. We were just having a discussion before the recording, and I just want to get to say that I am I am feeling very blessed in being in this opportunity of raising funds for what we need to do. And I started getting on talking about um, how we, you know, the question came up, well, isn't this something like a pyramid thing? And, you know, gifting is not a pyramid. If I give somebody to help somebody, that's not a pyramid. If I lift them up to to uh, to what he wants to do, because money is a tool, money is property. So I'm giving him money to to help do what he would like to do out of out of the generosity of my giving. And and in in in, a, in addition to that, I'm receiving money from people that are helping me to do what I want to do. What is it that I want to do? I don't want to buy fancy cars and fancy big houses and, you know, and, and these motorhome things like they did in Amway. What I want to do, my project is to raise money to get like this Section 83 book in the hands of every accountant throughout the country. My expectations of this to happen is real and, it's, and, and it has a foundation that it's going to happen. I, I committed myself earlier this year that I was going to make at least a million to three million this year to do it. And and yes, have I had some pitfalls? Of course I have. And I've had some blockage and problems with some of these companies. So what we've done, we started our own thing. And when I say we, I didn't really have anything to do with it. I gave them, you know, a friend of mine who is a uh uh, a web, you know, a, a web designer guy, and and they're paying him to do something, and and I got other people involved, and some people got involved with me, and we're making this happen, and so it takes a team where people have their own ability to do things, like for instance, David Marilyn is you couldn't find a better researcher, you couldn't find a better guy to articulate what the points that you want to get across and you can't you know people want to bring up you know uh, overwhelm you with all the knowledge that that they had which gets you nowhere you know but if you fine-tune it and and laser beam on what it's going to take to get the point across as far as I'm concerned there's nobody better than Dave Merlin and i I used it, I practiced it, I put it I put it into uh motion and I came out of the grand jury not hearing from the grand jury going on now for 10 years. Now, I hear from them civilly, 
which just came up in the last couple of years, but we're taking care of that, and that will be on another call. But I'm asking everybody, you know, it takes $20 one time out of your pocket to get started. And with that being said, you'll never take another dime out of your pocket because because I'm going to put a link into the web website as we go along, and you can go to that link later. Don't do it while we're having the call. But there's a video I want you to watch, which it explains the whole program. I'm not going to try to explain it to you. And what I was saying earlier, if enough people, like-minded people, really want to make a change, instead of just talking about it and moaning and groaning and whining and, oh, they don't do this and don't do that. Imagine if we had enough money <clears throat> where we had three or 400 people that we could all go down. I mean, I could travel around and go to your legislatures and and go to your county commissioner's meeting and start making an issue of, of look, if you're not going to abide by the Constitution, let's start a recall and get you out of office. When that stuff, when things like that start to happen on a local level, we the people start taking control of our communities. So, yes, I'm asking everybody that is willing to do something and and work together to make this happen. If you're not willing to do it, don't join. I'm not begging people to join this, okay? It's a volunteer system. It really works and 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 we're I mean this this thing is growing. And so there's overall there's over 3,000 people have joined in the last month, and 380 of those are in in the community that I'm involved in. So you know, and it's uh it's very unique, and I will put the link in there. Now, with that being said, you know we have a lawsuit that was in South Carolina, South Dakota, and now another one in South Carolina. And I'm pretty sure that Dave's going to bring that up. And obviously, I don't know what Dave's going to talk about or wants to talk about. I just bring what I want to say and get it out of my head for the week and and, and let you dwell on it and do what you want with it. But if Dave wants to follow up and explain a little bit more, that would be great. And um, uh, now, with that being said, um we we there's some interesting things that happened late lately and I got an email the other day you know they were talking about the um uh Bob Hurt brought it up in fact about uh, uh the uh, uh paperwork uh the the o, the OMB number you know and he and he gives this long email and he had uh, some other people I don't need need to mention on the list, and um, uh, yeah, about the 26 CFR 206.101, and um, and a long thing. And I wrote back telling them, you know, that you know, been there and done that, and and in fact, one that main issue was uh, again. Uh, laser targeted on the on one of the issues that Dave has in his criminal complaint and 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 there was uh interpretation of that 
along with a follow-up of questions that the IRS has not, cannot respond to. And the grand jury saw this, and that was one of, uh, you know, from A to H issues that the grand jury could play with and the, and the DOJ had a chance to uh, discuss, but wouldn't discuss it. And even today, the courts are doing everything they can to avoid having to bring this issue up to be discussed. So from that, from this point on, I want to turn it over to Dave, and, and if he wants to, let him explain more about it or talk about what he wants to bring up. But we've had several people join the criminal complaint this, this week, uh, or at least three, I think. And with that, um, the, uh, uh, you know, we need about a thousand more if, if, if we could. We, we, I'd be delighted, not because of, of the money. We're not really making any money out of it, but to, it, it does help pay our bills. But it, it's going to make Congress be aware that people, you know, are getting involved in this. And now is the time to do it with all the political harassment that's going on all over the, you know, the the news and everything that Trump is causing chaos and, and the lies that Hillary is spilling out and and so forth. Now is the time to get this done. So, Dave, I'd like to turn it over to you. How are you tonight? Okay, Chris, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. How about that? Welcome, everybody, to the Wednesday evening, May 25th, 2016, American Liberties Conference Call. My name is David Merlin. Nothing you'll hear me say is intended as legal advice. Anything that sounds like that to you, just consider it something somebody else might do on a planet far, far away where the law matters. It doesn't matter here. I prove it on a daily basis, believe it. In probably 1999, I learned of a gifting club here in the Seattle area, and uh, they were concerned. They sought me out because they were concerned that uh, they might be uh, sued here in Washington State for operating a pyramid scheme, sued by the government. In Washington State, we have a civil chain distributor scheme act where the uh, state attorney general has to bring a suit under the uh, Unfair Trade Practices Act for pyramid scheming, whereas in plenty of states, such as California, the endless chain statute, it's a uh, criminal statute. And I analyzed the Washington State statute compared it to the policies of the gifting club and found that, uh, I guess it was Oregon first, and um, found that they did not meet the elements of the Oregon State uh, Pyramid Scheme statute or chain distributor scheme. Then I looked at Washington's statute and it read the same way. It was almost identical. And so I wrote opinion letters as a researcher, not as a a licensed attorney, to explain my reasoning as to why gifting clubs did not violate that statute in Oregon. Then I wrote a Washington opinion letter about the Washington statute. And in the following 
year and a half, uh, word spread across the country that I had been analyzing pyramid scheme statutes, comparing them to the standard operating procedure of uh, the typical gifting club. And I ended up with uh, 33 states' pyramid schemes statutes analyzed and an opinion letter for each and all of those states. Um, so if you wanted a Wisconsin letter, you'd order a Wisconsin letter from me and it would it would come a, a letter from me addressed to you, sworn under penalties of perjury, possibly with an exhibit in a uh, plastic document protector that could slip in a three-ring binder. And um, I lectured in probably 15 states to gifting clubs uh, at gatherings anywhere from 65 people to 1,350 people where uh, they'd pay for my hotel and my airfare, verify it to me, and I would get on a plane on, uh, let's say, Friday morning uh, to uh, Minneapolis, which is a hub, and I'd fly from Minneapolis to South Dakota, give a uh, lecture in the evening, back to Minneapolis, and then to, uh, let's say, uh, um, St. Louis, Missouri, and give a lecture on Saturday, back to Minneapolis, and then fly to uh, 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 Philadelphia and give a lecture on Sunday, then back to Minneapolis and back here to Seattle. And then I would process all the orders that I made over the weekend and crank out an opinion letter for each and everybody that ordered an opinion letter. So I was doing the lecture for free. And my compensation came in the form of sales of the opinion letter. And across the country, gifting club members and gifting club organizers were sued and prosecuted all across the country. And uh, that gave rise to the need for 33 different states' opinion letters. And out of all of that litigation across the country, Nobody had a victory against the government when a gifting club was sued or prosecuted, except me. I have the only solitary victory on behalf of gifting club members defending their conduct as conduct that did not violate the pyramid scheme statute in their particular state, which happened to be Oregon. So I'm the only one that can claim a victory, and I would propose that that experience makes me an expert on what is and is not a pyramid scheme uh, regarding the conduct that uh, Chris outlined at the beginning of the call. And I, of course, come at it from a, a legal standpoint. Chris has an ideology, whereas I have a legal analysis and the involvement begins with a gift. A gift is a contract. It extinguishes all rights of the grantor and transfers all rights to the grantee. The person that receives the gift receives all rights with no obligation to pay. The person who gave the gift loses all rights. It's a contract. It's a type of contract. 
Fletcher versus Peck, and uh, uh, let me see, Fletcher versus Peck, and I can't remember the first name in the case, versus uh, Trustees of Dartmouth College. Two cases out of the 1800s that describe what a gift is. And uh, you'll also find this in the definition of gift. So it is a constitutional right to contract. The um, the fact that it's a the exercise of a constitutional right it means that you can't include it in the description of an offense. You can't convert the exercise of a right into a crime. And you can't restrict my right to contract to tell me that, oh, this this contract you can't enter into because it's illegal. The fact that it's a gift distinguishes it from the typical pyramid club or pyramid scheme. Uh, in a pyramid scheme, your purchase, uh, your initial transfer of property is a purchase contract and not a gift contract. And if you're if you're purchasing something, if somebody says that you've obtained rights by virtue of your transfer of property to them, they're selling something. Gifting clubs do not sell. They solicit gifts. It's like going door to door and asking for donations. It's no different. What happens thereafter has to meet the definition of pyramid scheme to be illegal. Now, Chris and I, uh, I got the email. I responded to the email and carbon copied Chris. And somebody said, uh, hey, what do you make of this? It's the uh, Paperwork Reduction Act, 26 CFR 602.101 says the only form that we're supposed to file is the foreign earned income form, form number 2555, that has an OMB or Office of Management and Budget, an OMB number uh, 1545-0067. What do you make of this? Gosh, it would appear that uh, to comply with this regulation, we have to file this form, not the form 1040, which has the OMB control number 1545-0074. Well, proud of you, uh, Patriot Movement. It's an argument I've been teaching since 1993. There's the Patriot Movement, only 23 years behind. Isn't that cool? It's one of the issues that was briefed in the 58-page memorandum filed in support with that criminal complaint that went to Congress January 1st of 06. Been there, done that, 2006. That's 10 years ago. So uh, what's the deal? This email was from somebody that has all of uh, my materials, which proves he hasn't even read it yet. Holding the answer, holding a meticulously crafted briefing of the issue and he doesn't even read it. Instead, shoots out emails asking about it. In five trips to the Supreme Court by October of 1998, 
this issue was included in three of those five. So, yeah, I know all about it. I wrote the brief on it. I learned it from a guy that formulated the argument with somebody else's help. He showed me the argument, and I briefed it in 1993. His name is Lee Harold out of Portland, Oregon. So, yeah, I know all about it. It's old hat. It's just a regulation. Of course, you have to comply with the regulation, but they don't even care about statutes. And so I dropped the argument. You can't even get them to comply with statute. Uh, what are they going to do to a, an argument about compliance with the regulation? They're going to ignore it. They amended uh, 602.101, which is not a paragraph of words. It's several pages of numbers. That's all it is. It is numbers where for every regulation that needs an IRS form assigned to it, they assign an OMB control number to that form and they list the OMB control number in that regulation. And so you have to look for the regulation you're trying to comply with and then look at the form number that they prescribe and then go get that form. Since I used it as an argument five times all the way to the Supreme Court, this is a regulation I, I never um, list, and I should. I caused them to rewrite the regulation. They took the reference out where it used to say 1.1-1, which is the regulation under Section 1 that says citizens of the United States owe this tax, and then they assigned 1545-0067 to it, the foreign earned income form. They omitted that line and moved the requirement under 6012. So I caused them to rewrite that regulation. It was the Secretary of the Treasury that rewrote it when originally it was the Office of Management and Budget that wrote the, the uh, regulation. And they, they changed the regulation through Treasury Decision 8335. Any questions? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm all over that argument. I know all about it. I was teaching it in 1993. I caused the rewrite of the regulation three times all the way to the Supreme Court. It was in my 2006 briefing to Congress. And we get an email saying, hey, this is pretty curious. What do you know about this? Do you know anything about this? From a guy that has all my work. Um, like I'm talking to thin air when I pick up the microphone. It's amazing. If I gave a damn, it would depress me. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, there's that. The South Dakota lawsuit was dismissed. We waited six months for the judge to determine that, uh, yeah, we're going to dismiss this. Whereas the South Carolina lawsuit was dismissed before we could even serve a summons on the IRS. So under Rule 15, that says uh, within 21 days of serving the opposing parties, you can amend the complaint. Well, the opposing parties were never even served. And so I'm formulating the rewrite of that lawsuit, and he's going to file an amended lawsuit. It was dismissed because they say it was a suit that sought 
to restrain the assessment or collection of taxes when, in fact, it asked first that the court determine that they're not taxes at all and then restrain them from collecting under the guise of a tax, something that isn't really even imposed by law, uh, which the Administrative Procedures Act requires. We don't even have to ask for it. And so they they totally missed the language of the Administrative Procedures Act and assumed that everything the IRS does is absolutely legal and we don't have to consider the law and dismissed the lawsuit. So I'm going to make it even more simple uh, because the judge can't really do their job. Uh, it's it's the same old thing. It's brand new every time it happens to you. It's always a slap in the face to witness tyranny firsthand, but it's always the same. Uh, just a little bit different in every case, but always the same underlying factor. We will avoid the law to protect the IRS. So I'm going to amend the lawsuit, and we're going to file another one and uh, see what happens. Just make it bonehead simple. You know, the uh, the lawsuit asked, uh, it had three causes of action, so three different parameters of relief requested. The first one was uh, compel the agency to disclose its interpretation of Section 83 and other statutes. And they say, well, that's to restrain the collection of taxes. So you can see up front the corruption that you're dealing with. Just asking for an interpretation is a prohibited lawsuit. <clears throat> the other two causes of action ask the court to decide a certain thing and then compel the IRS to not impose those uh, fines for late filing because they keep the law secret, I can't file a tax return under penalties of perjury. And so I want them restrained from imposing a penalty. Uh, so there's two parts to the relief. And this lawsuit is only going to ask for the first part. Determine that it violates my rights in certain ways to impose a penalty for late filing when you keep the law secret and expect me to file a tax return under penalties of perjury. How do I know if that thing's accurate? You won't give me a clear explanation of the laws that you promised in the Taxpayer's Bill of Rights. And I know the explanation of the laws. I've already briefed it, but I wanted to make the lawsuit more vague so they can't say that I've stated an objective by filing the lawsuit. I just want the relief. Just uh, I want the court to say that the penalties violate due process when they keep the law secret. So I'm not asking them to restrain the collection of taxes. I'm asking them to rule that the collection of taxes violates due process. Don't restrain it. Go ahead, violate my rights. Take all the, all the amounts you want from me. Just don't impose them in violation of my rights. That's all. And we'll see what the court does with it. Uh, it's an exercise in futility anytime you get a judge involved in anything because every judge is as corrupt as the day is long. Tell them I said so. Uh, it's an old story. Now I'm going to give you 
uh, on the chat here. If you're on the phone only, get ready to write. Here's an address. On the web. I'm doing a spell check. The um, This is all lowercase, no spaces. HTTP, full colon, double slash. HTTP, full colon, double slash. Take from Caesar. Take from C-A-E-S-A-R. Take from Caesar.us slash files, F-I-L-E-S, slash I-R-S summons dot PDF. HTTP, full colon, double slash, take from Caesar.us slash files slash IRS summons.pdf. That's a court order from 1992. <clears throat> In one memorandum, the judge basically briefs out of existence the entire anti-tax movement. 1992, and you'll see arguments in there. People are still teaching. You're welcome. So a 45-page memorandum from a U.S. District Chief Judge who had a uh, uh, lawsuit. Right, let me see. The IRS served a summons, and the old couple filed the lawsuit. And it was to quash the IRS summons. And they raised a bunch of, as you'll see, tax protester arguments. And the judge says, here's why all your nine arguments are wrong. Now comply with that summons. And he uses the state's constitution itself to kill the non-resident alien argument and uh, in there, they argue that the summons doesn't have an OMB control number. And uh, even if it did, the officer that issued it isn't of a high enough grade level to issue the summons. And the judge says the summons is to collect information from fewer than nine people, and so the Paperwork Reduction Act doesn't require that it have an OMB control number. And secondly, Officer Kreitzel is of a high enough grade level to issue the summons. Uh, they argued that, hey, Fifth Amendment, I don't have to answer any questions. And the judge says, excuse me, but that's not how to invoke the Fifth Amendment. You have to wait until the question is asked and then invoke the Fifth Amendment in relation to a particular question. You can't make a blanket objection. And they argue, hey, we're not taking kickbacks. He says, this has nothing to do with kickbacks. Here's why. <clears throat> so there goes Frank Kowalik's book on how you're taking kickbacks, his attempt to explain the uh, the IRS. Uh, let's see. It was uh, mid-'90s when I sent Frank Kowalik a copy of Codebreaker, the Section 83 equation. Never even got a thank you from the guy. No response. Uh, for those of you who haven't heard of Frank Kowalik, all he's ever done is uh, that book about taking kickbacks. I can't remember what the book was called. You'd probably find it on the web somewhere, but 
uh, he faded away. Let's see. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other arguments they made. There's nine total arguments. And you'll find them all briefed in uh, HTTP full colon double slash uh, takefromcaesar.us slash files, F-I-L-E-S slash I-R-S summons dot PDF. So things you don't want to argue. <clears throat> now you take that and you put it right beside the IRS's list of frivolous arguments and nowhere in either of those documents will you find any of my briefed claims. When in fact they've had my briefing since 1993, 1994. They've had 22 years to put my arguments on the frivolous argument list. I have used the IRS's frivolous argument list as an exhibit in cases where my issues have been presented for review. And they still haven't put my arguments on the frivolous argument list. You'd think by now that they would have done so if my arguments were frivolous. So my arguments are arguments that are so potent they don't want to publish them on their frivolous argument list they won't talk about them in court, and they will not get into these provisions despite the fact the IRS's own website says you have a you are clear you're entitled to clear explanations of the laws in all IRS forms, publications, and uh, and matters. Well, how did, what's your interpretation of Section 83? And all that flies right out the window. They will not provide that explanation. May 20th of last year, the lawsuit in South Dakota was filed. So somebody even sued over this. And the IRS hasn't been, uh, you know, spraining its ankle, running to the relief of the defendants or the plaintiffs to say, you don't have to sue us. Gee, here's the interpretation. No, they're running because the law protects you. The law says all property is a cost. The law is written in a way that it's never applied to citizens of the United States. If you go to wevgov.com, the federal income taxation page, both of these arguments are sketched on that page. And at the top of the menu column on the left, there's a link that says YouTube 2. It'll take you right to YouTube, to my channel, and watch Key to the Code, and the Section 83 equation or the Section 83 video tutorial, and you'll know everything there is to know about these two arguments. And when somebody looks at those and looks at the trouble the government has uh, with these issues, how the government runs from those provisions after telling you that you have a, a right to the uh, clear explanation of them, if that convinces you that you don't have a uh, duty. I have a criminal complaint in Congress from 2006 that you can join as a similarly situated witness to crime. So you don't have to write another criminal complaint. You don't have to write another supplemental briefing. You don't have to write your own uh, memorandum. You simply join mine as a similarly situated witness and my complaint and memorandums become your complaint and memorandums to wield uh, as an exhibit 
to anyone that says, hey, you owe an income tax. Hey, you better file this tax return. Because we've proven again in uh, South Dakota, and we're about to do it again in uh, South Carolina, they can't refute a word of my interpretation of Section 83, which underscores the importance of being able to read and understand case law. Because to read Section 83, you have to know what the value of property is. You have to know how to interpret the term any property. You have to understand the, the gravity of statute. How if a statute applies to a certain situation, you better comply with it. Well, when I do all those things under those guidelines where the courts told me how to compute the value of property, the courts told me how to interpret the term any property, I come up with an, equa or a, an interpretation of Section 83 that shows they deprived me of Section 83 when they taxed the value of my labor. And we go on and on about it on every Wednesday night show here. Go to the archive at 87488 American Liberties. You're listening to it right now. And this is the topic of discussion. The reason it's always the topic of discussion is because it's the biggest problem we face, big government. And I'm trying to show you that they're stealing. When you can prove what they're making is stealing, and if you believe you have constitutional rights against the government stealing from you, we know that when budget shrinks, government shrinks. Ever heard of a congressional debate over a certain bill? Oh, don't debate this. You're going you're gonna to cause the shutdown of the government. Why? Because a spending bill wasn't passed. It's a good thing when um, yeah, we can get to that guess fifteen when uh they don't get the money that they need to run government, parts of government shut down, and if they're stealing some of it, they have no excuse. Shut down some of the government, do it right away. You bet. So the issues that I argue are actually a remedy. But what has to what has to begin the sequence is you learning the arguments, then making the protest so that you avoid prison under a law that requires that you believe you have a duty. That's the first one. Uh, to be able to say, uh, they can't put me in jail. I'm not guilty. And if they can't put you in jail, they just lost a lot of power over you. So, the uh, that's the first step. But the more and more people that do this, the more and more people, I think, will stop paying what they don't owe. And so it's the, be it's the beginning of not paying the government what you don't owe the government. Same with the Motor Vehicle Code. The same with state income taxes. Go to the state income taxation page on wevgov.com and you'll see all those states that built their state liability on federal standards. Well, the federal standard is Section 83. And none of these states, obviously none of them, even knew about Section 83 when they wrote their own state code. That's funny to me. You have a whole bunch of ignorant people in the game of 
oh, we better tax them more, get more of their money because government can't be too big. And so they engage in all this rampant theft. And that's what I'm trying to curb. And it is probably the simplest, best answer. Now, uh, I've added a few statutes and a few constitutional amendments to my book of Citizens Initiatives. I hope to be done with that soon. I promised you a couple weeks ago that I would be. Um, I'm working on it. I, I get a couple of ideas here and there, and I want to make amendments or additions to it. So it's in the works. It's almost done. Most, it was almost done in 2013, or I'm sorry, uh, 2003, but I've recently uh, revived it, and I'm adding things to it. And uh, we're trying to, um, I'm trying to get that finished so we, we can get it out there. Now, uh, let's see, guest eight says you didn't pay anything for your labor. It doesn't matter. The law says all property is cost. It doesn't mince words. It doesn't say all property is cost unless you didn't pay anything for it. It doesn't say that. Uh, does, does Congress claim to have the authority to determine the value of your labor? Yeah, it's called the uh, the uh, mandatory minimum wage. They claim they have the authority. Nobody has the wherewithal to really formulate the argument to say that, uh, oh, thank you, guest eight. Nobody has the wherewithal to say the government has no business determining the value of uh, of property. Always a pleasure, pellet man. See you next time, all right? Uh, let's get to the chat here and clear some of this up. Uh, do you know the best way to get this information to those in prison since what they receive is censored? Yeah. You go to thebookpatch.com and you order my publications and give the address of the inmate as the shipping address because the inmates can receive publications directly from the publisher. They can't receive books from you, but they can receive books from the publisher. And that's how you do it. Or you send it to them as legal mail. So uh, anyway, um, the IRS has failed thus far 24 years to go on record with an interpretation of Section 83 that contradicts mine, except for one method of dealing with the statute, and that is to say you didn't buy your labor before you sold it. And so it's not cost. Well, the law says any property. It doesn't say any property that you purchased first and then sold. And they can't deal with that argument. <clears throat> so, checkmate. So, uh, go to the, uh, it's not bookpatch.com, it's thebookpatch.com. Thebookpatch.com. Yeah, and I want to add that when you go to thebookpatch.com and you search by the author, put David R. Merlin. Or just Merlin, M-Y-R-L-A-N-D. I bet they don't have two, they don't have two authors with that name. So you uh, 
you have a situation where the government knows it's violating the law and they're on a mission to steal. They're not on a mission to govern. So that's what you're up against. And they are as corrupt as the day is long. They'll look right at the law, <clears throat> say, oh, no, we're here to get your money. We aren't here to follow the law. So it will be a battle. It is a fight. And uh, there's no avoiding it because uh, the government wants the same thing we want, our property, and they'll go for it and get it. And I know all the arguments, guest 16. It doesn't come down to that. So the uh, the lawsuit in South Carolina is going to go in again and very vaguely, broadly, we're going to drag the IRS and the DOJ back into arguments about the tax code without articulating the arguments and get the court to compel the IRS to disclose its interpretation of Section 83. So... Uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Now, um, let's see. I don't have any information on uh, courses. We ran the April special, and only a few people were able to get in on that. If uh, you go to wevgov.com and you find the prices on those materials unmanageable, get a hold of Chris. He'll put his email address in the chat window there. AmericanLiberties.LLC at gmail.com. Email Chris and tell him that uh, uh, here's, you know, the only money I can afford for those courses is such and such an amount and uh, work out a deal with him because I'd rather you have the materials than me sitting here with the materials and you sitting there without them. So uh, we'll work with you on that. Glad to do that for you. Uh, let's take a couple of uh, questions, Chris, and call it a day. I'll be back here on uh, Saturday on 59615, No Confidence. That's my show here at uh, American Liberties, 59615, or here at uh, Talk excuse me. And this archive is 87488. There's a bunch of calls on each archive for you to uh, download, and I uh, appreciate your support and interest. Okay, Chris. Okay, I don't let's see. We got all the questions on the chat. If if we did, just uh, type it in again if we missed it. And if you have any uh, questions on the uh, telephone, just hit star six. Uh, excuse me, star eight, and uh, raise your hand. Okay, here we, here we go. North and Central Orange. Go ahead. Hey guys, thanks for calling again. Appreciate it. Um, this is Rick. Had a quick question. Um, I heard you say that your labor is not paid for, but my understanding is if I go to college and I pay for my education, am I not paying for my labor, my training, and to get to be able to do labor? Ideally, of course, all these arguments have been made, and they have for decades. These are these are arguments that are decades old. They were. They were on the books when I first started looking at tax law in 1988. So it's an arcane argument, and the courts have dealt with it forever, and it's not based on statute, and so it's an argument I don't make. But okay. 
it really is it's among the oldest arguments it's right there beside the argument that the 16th amendment was never properly ratified if 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 i can add you know let's let's just say rick that you didn't go to college you were born in the hilltops of alabama you chew tobacco and you don't know nothing okay you're as dumb as a a, a log and you come down and somebody wants you to move a pile of logs from here to over there. And so you're selling your ser- service. Who has the right to determine the cost of your service? Well, only, only you would. It's a contract, obviously. Exactly. So it's not about a college education. It's not about, you know, um, how much food you ate over the years, or anything. It's your self-determination of what the value of your services is and that you are selling it in exchange for property of equal I, I value. Thought critique, I thought the critique that Dave was mentioning was that was that the courts or somebody said you never paid for your labor, therefore it doesn't have a cost. But... Well, that's what the IRS said. The okay. IRS said in a case, well, you didn't pay for your, you, you didn't pay for it, so you know, um, and 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 that was off off point. I see. So you make your. I'm sorry. And that's what they that's what they say, and uh, that's the argument they use. But the law says any money or property, and so I always go back to that one because it serves to chop them off at the ankles. No matter what argument they make, labor is not excluded from cost. There are a bunch of reasons why it should be included in cost, but only one of those reasons is based on law. Well, that would make sense because if you're a corporation and you hire people, your labor force is an expense on your bottom line. So you get to deduct that. I mean, if you were in a corporate setting, so labor cost would be. But as an individual, they don't allow you the same benefits. It sounds like. Well, what's neat is they don't have to allow me the benefits. They have to start in Section 83. Right. That's where it starts. I get it. And, okay. And, and they don't. They start in 61A, which is the bottom half of the equation. There's five statutes they don't consider but you have to consider them before you even get to 61A gross income. And those five statutes are Section 83, 212, 1011, and 12. And they don't even look at those statutes. So it's not a matter of what they will and won't allow. It's a matter of them committing extortion by omitting the laws that are not favorable to them. Still there, Chris? Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Thank you, Rick. Thanks. Okay. And um, all right. Is there any more questions on the phone? And any more uh, on the chat? Okay. Uh, I'm glad to end this. Uh, by By the way, I just want to let everybody know that the medication I'm taking. Um, I'm on this product called Harvoni, and I'm telling you this because if anybody has hepatitis C like I have, um, 
has caused a lot of problems for me lately. And I, uh, this Harvoni is 99 or 98% uh, success rate with no, um, you know, abnormities. You know, like I'm not going to, it's not going to do some, something else. And my liver, uh, I had my liver, uh, my blood test the other day, and my enzymes are way, way, way down. So it looks like it's being successful, but it's sure kicking my butt with energy. And that's one of the symptoms that I didn't realize um, after I was reading, you know, after taking it for two months. Now I read it. Um, it's a three-month pro program. So if anybody has <coughs> hepatitis C, and I've tried everything else under the sun, you know, in the uh, natural realm. And uh, Noni juice did work for a while, but um, you know, I haven't taken Noni juice for a while. But this Harvoni is, is working quite well. So um, I got about one more month to take it and hope to get off and my energy will get back up. Anyhow, um all right, I don't see anybody else raising any questions. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's there's a question in the chat window. Moto GP has a question. Okay. Um, <laughs> type in type in your question or if you're on the phone raise your hand. Oh, my my window didn't go down. There there we go. Thank you, guest 16. And, uh, okay, Moto GP three twenty four. What's your question, David? <laughs> that's the question, David. Yeah, that's me. Um, just wanted, wanted to, to mention. Go ahead. Okay, I guess he's typing. While he's typing, I'm going to go ahead and put my link in there one more time. And uh, uh, I welcome you to certainly visit uh, Wake Up Americans, wakeupamericans.net. WakeUpAmericans.net, and there's a video there. Join if you like. Join if, if and not join if, if you like. Uh, but oh, uh, MotoGP says they're referring people that are victims of cracking the code with Pete Hendrickson. Uh, yeah, get in line. There's millions of those folks, and uh, oh, I think they're really going to like what I have to say. Um, the uh, the um, approach that Pete Hendrickson used on filing those tax returns was to rely on 1341, and he uh, throws stones at the Section 83 argument, saying that it's irrelevant when, in fact, the case law says otherwise and the government agrees. So uh, it's only a small reorientation of those folks that I have to make. Uh, all they did really 
in law was uh, credit the wrong statute with preserving the value of labor as a cost. It's not 1341, it's Section 83. And so there's really very little to do for those people to transfer their efforts from what Pete Henderson did to what I do regarding those tax returns. As far as the rest of the code, uh, Pete Henderson is off his rocker. He's a loon. And, uh, <clears throat> but the uh, tax return folks that are facing penalties or whatever, I can reorient them easily uh, onto Section 83. And then I have the criminal intent letter that I think uh, would be a great tool for them to use if they wanted to avoid indictment. Because if you file Pete Henderson tax returns, it's all you need to do to get indicted. James R. Back in Anchorage, Alaska, 2014, he filed six Pete Henderson tax returns. And he was sentenced to 16 months in prison. So that's all you have to do to go to prison. So if you know people that don't have uh, have their head up their butts regarding stuck in the Patriot Movement, if they can be taught, go ahead and refer them to me, but I'm not interested in making anybody else's arguments. Uh, so they have to be willing, uh, ready, and able to pick up a couple of new arguments and transfer their flag to this vehicle for arguments against uh, believing that they have a duty. Yeah. With that, that having been said, I'm going to vacate. Wait a minute. I got another question here. I got two. Oh, there's, there's Illinois down there. Yeah, John wants to say say something, but I have a question in my hand. I didn't. I forgot all about it, and I think it kind of answers it already. There's a guy that I talked to today that couldn't make it on the call because he has to go to work, and but he has done. Uh, two years of um, uh, uh, cracking the code returns and he's gotten the two years money back and now he's concerned that the IRS is going to come after him because he heard that excuse me and he heard that and I said well you most likely they will be coming back uh, with interest and penalties Um, and he said well what am I to do and I said, well, I, uh, I told him that, well, first of all, you need to join the criminal complaint and then uh, get on, you know, go to WeVGov and start learning the law, how, how it is to be applied. And I'll say, I'll raise your question to David and see what he answers. Yeah, you, you think indictment first, and that's why you join the criminal complaint in Congress. What they do with the penalties is anybody's guess, my concern would be preventing an indictment. That, you know, they can take your money, lean and levy you, but at least you won't go to prison, probably. So uh, whether or not they lean and levy is anybody's guess, and I don't have anything for that fight. Okay. Okay, John, go ahead. Okay, uh, David, um, first of all, Chuffy, I, I always get mixed up. When you unmute yourself, I don't know what you got to say. What's the push? Because I don't know if it's star eight, eight star or, or um, eight pound. I forget. But anyway, um, so this is interesting because this is three people from Illinois uh, and the CCTC warriors um, that's now coming and sending me emails, and I'm referring them more, you know, more and more to uh, to American Liberty 
and talking to Chappie and understanding this. Um, and and now they're they're at a quagmire because you're right, David. They have to they have to come to the understanding and say, well, I can't put this flag up anymore. I got to fly this new flag, and with this understanding. And it's interesting that more and more people are coming this way. So I'm just gonna you know, we're just you know the more people we can get involved, especially those that are involved with CCC, you know the better. And uh, so thank God for your help, and I'll just continue referring them over. Yeah, John, I want to tell you, I did talk to uh, two of them that I remember. One has already started a tax force, and uh, and I referred him over to, I referred her over to uh, Tom Smith, but I told her to make sure, and if you, I don't have her name and phone number, but if you'll remind her that she needs to get back to me to join the criminal complaint as well. That that has to be, oh. in my mind, it has to be done. Right, right. I, I told her that. I'll, I'll get back to her on that. And I okay. got another guy coming, and uh, I just sent him, so I'll be another guy coming too. So um, just keep moving forward, David. Dave, thanks so much for all your help and everything you're doing. Uh, we're all indebted to you. You're welcome. Okay, let me mute you back out with all that noise in your background. And, um, okay, I don't see any more hands raised. His star eight, star eight, and, uh, and, unmute, and I'll unmute you. If not, uh, the truth is shown by Dave Flagg as opposed to Pete H. Arrest me, Flagg. <laughs> Yeah, kind of so. Um, I'm a trans, yeah, a poor man, rich man's body. Please donate. Yeah, I sent that email out last week. I got a lot of a lot of humor back from that. I'm just listening. Guest 17, who hates me, hating child sex. Now I hate you because you're obnoxious. All right, well, I don't know about all that. Okay, God bless America. Thank you for coming to the call. This call is officially over. Good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.